You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Tales with TR, episode 123A. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. Beautiful, beautiful fall day here in On the Rock. As I record this, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Just dropped my daughter off to school. Beautiful, sunny. About 9 or 10 degrees. Um, had to go for a coffee and a little little walk around Bowering Park. Um, beautiful park located in the middle of St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Um, I know some of you were curious how I did in my ulti- ultimate fighting on ice, ultimate hockey fighting debut. It was all right. I went down to Boston there uh, just a few days ago. Uh, I, and, I, you know, you'll see it all. They're going to do a bit of a production. I think they're they're using my fight as part of a promo. I think they want to be affiliated with the UFC in some way. Um, so it was an experience. I'll likely leave it there. But it was uh, certainly 
God, I, I can't give anything away. It was, it was, uh, it was interesting and it was a bit of fun and it was, it was good to see. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. Um, and it was good to see my buddies, Bobby house, Bobby Hauser was there and, um, Bobby from Chicklets cup. Fame, if you will, you guys know who I'm, I'm referring to there. Bobby's from Lemonster. Leo Minster is, is how it looks. You pronounce it Lemonster. He's, that's outside of Boston. Uh, great fella. Hung out for a couple days. And um, I love the Boston area anyway. We went down. We missed the game at Fenway. It was an afternoon game, but we hung out around there. We went to uh, Johnny Fenway Johnny's. Is the name of the bar we went to. And then hit up uh, Met RA over in Charlestown for a couple of beers. Met some uh, pro players that play in the East Coast League. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody involved. I met some great people. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. I'll release more on that in the near future. And by extension, the weekend before I went to Edmonton, and I, I, I believe I told some stories. I'm not sure if I thanked everybody, but... Uh, Listen, in both places, it was awesome to get out and see some fans and um, some listeners to the podcast. In Boston, we just kind of ran into them. I didn't really announce where we'd be going, but we ran into some uh, some podcast listeners and fans of Shorzy. And it was awesome to have a few beers and uh, hang out. Kind of an unexpected trip. I only found out a few days before. so It was real nice. And I just love this time of year. Hockey's starting up. Um, I know wherever you are now tuning in, I, I get an audience from all over, all over the world, really, wherever you are in North America now, probably rooting for your home team. So uh, I watched the, the Habs game last night, and I watched the Oilers game last night. And uh, I got to say, I'm getting the itch. I'm getting the itch. The... Uh, you know, it's only exhibition. It's only exhibition. If you're out in Oil Nation, it's hard to make a an argument against Dylan Holloway, who's playing uh, some great hockey, but you never know it's exhibition, right? But he's playing great, as is Nick Robertson. And uh, this is the time of year, right? You uh, And it's always a bounce. The boys are playing great, but... I remember watching one year in, in, in Montreal, Craig Conroy, who who ended up being a great player. Great player for many years, two-way, and scored a lot of points. Um, St. Louis first, then Calgary, if I uh, if I remember correctly. I mean, he's, his big years were in Calgary. Craig is uh, an American, went the college route, and uh, he's a few years older than me. So when I came in, to my first camp, I didn't really know who he was. Whereas, I mean, the major junior guys, I did. You know, even if it was the OHL, you just keep an eye on that. Now, I think a little bit more, you you would probably, and, and you know, the internet exists. Back then, it was the hockey news. And I felt, you know, the guys in major junior, I guess it was easier to follow. All my buddies from Newfoundland at that time, um, I can't say all of them were playing in the OHL, but or, or the Q method. There was a few, Gordy Walsh, uh, Kurt Walsh, Jeff Loader. There were a few. Uh, I don't recall many people at that time going college. Now we've 
of course, Alex Newhook, the most recent college grad. Ryan Ryan Green, I believe, is playing at Boston now. I mean, I could go down the list. There's lots, but uh, good good friend of ours, Alex Power, just left this year. I mean, there's all kinds of guys playing, but I'm just saying in my particular experience, I never knew many of the college guys. So we go into camp, and this guy, Conroy, was ripping it, man. I was like, this guy's good. He was fast. He was spunk. He wasn't very tough. Per se, if he dropped his gloves, because he didn't. But you know, he went to the hard areas, though. You know, and he played tough in that he blocked shots and you know finished hits. Got just to play in the area you had to be somewhat tough. But uh, you know, some guys don't drop their gloves. That's the way it is, and some guys for good reason. It's one thing to stand up for your buddy or your teammate, but if you get shit kicked, what's the point? You know. Um, I remember him saying he wasn't a great fighter. But but anyway, getting off topic, he was a fucking great player. And we played together in exhibition. And so many, like, I remember seeing him make, like, great moves on NHL vets and hitting the post a couple times. I remember I had a breakaway and he went high, just snake bit. But, like, with any luck, he would have had four or five goals and everything would have changed. Now, he ended up getting traded to St. Louis, playing a lot. And becoming an what a fucking great career he had. But, you know, it's not always points or, or goals in, in exhibition. Um, it's tough because I, even watching last night, I, I find it almost cringeworthy because, like, watching McDavid make a rush and then get hit, and you're like, oh, God, like, I, I don't want any of these players getting hurt. But then again, the guys that aren't guaranteed there, they got to go hard, right? You got to go hard and finish your hits and show why you're there. And it's only eight or nine games. But in, I, I think hockey's part of me says like these exhibition games suck because like someone's going to get hurt um, with a shot block or with a hit or whatever it might be. I never really saw it like that before, but lately I am. Maybe it's getting older and I feel it in my own bones, but there are a lot of guys getting injured. Is there not? A lot of guys from around the league. Um, and you'd think that right now would be when you'd be in your best possible shape for the season. You know, after a summer of, uh, you know, no games or anything, but, you know, A, people overtrain, B, been a funky schedule the last few years and, and see it's still the NHL. You know, you you get hit and shots are coming a hundred miles an hour. It's the way it goes. So there's going to be injuries. I just, uh, much like the regular season, I think exhibition goes on and on, but flip side of it is that you got to look at these young players, not just young players either. I mean, there's guys coming in, of course, that are, that have been around. I mean, you want to see if they still got it or, how much jam they still got, you know, like as, as guys get older, they, uh, they age surprise everybody. As guys get older, they age girls too. I would imagine. I just mean some people lose their jam a little bit, right? Some people lose their jam. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just a great feeling that hockey's going to get going again. And I've almost completely forgotten about playing in empty buildings or watching games in empty buildings and uh, everything that goes along with having to wear a mask and everything. It's 
feels like it's behind us. Maybe that's why I'm so, well, it is, but it is behind us. But maybe that's why I'm so excited this year. It feels like a regular fall fucking day and season, you know? And uh, there's something refreshing about that. So I am. I'm uh, very excited. And before I get to a couple of questions here, um, I will let you know my my guest later this week will be Terry Virtue. Now this guy's a legend. If you're if you've played in the minors and are what's Terry? Terry's seven or eight years older than I am, but I always knew of him. First of all, he played in Tri Cities a little bit before I got there, but you know he was enough of a legend that. And, you know, this guy's all about stories that I'd heard of him. And then when I got to pro, of course, he was like captain in Wooster and he played all over. But he played like, I mean, 16 or 17 years in the minors, most of that in the American Hockey League. He did get up. He got up in 99, 2000 and 98, 99, sorry, 98, 99, 99, 2000. He got up with Boston and he got up with the Rangers, I believe, uh, for stints maybe four or five games with each and he has a fucking great story about fighting bob prober and i'm not going to butcher it and tell somebody else's story i'm going to let him to tell it when he comes on but uh, he was in the group with me those of you that have been listening for a while uh six or uh, last april i believe we went to nashville it's often the Sandman, friend of the show, Terran Sam, with and a bunch of his buddies while Virch was there. And uh, he told a Bob Probert story that I, I think I laughed for two days. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and he's a great storyteller. So looking forward to that. And a great fucking hockey player. Terry Virtue battled, man. He was still playing in the A. Started in the East Coast League um, out, of, out, of, out of Major Junior. And, you know, and I believe for like two or three years, like played full-on coast and then worked his way into the A and played there right into his, not like early, but late 30s. And, uh, you know, you don't do that, especially in the A when there's a veteran rule. You got to choose your vets wisely. And so clearly he was good in the room and uh, a good enough player to stick around that long. And, of course, a National Hockey League player. An NHLer, right? Once, once an NHLer, always an ex-NHLer, says Ken Dryden. So we'll have Virch on to tell some stories. I can't wait for that. I'll also remind everyone that I'm on the Got Your Back podcast now quite regularly with Jason Strudwick and uh, Ryan Rashog. So thank you, Ryan Rashog, for that that gig i really enjoy talking with the boys and following it gives me a reason to follow the oil i turned in last night now and watched oh god what time did the oilers game start probably 30 or 11 my time but i don't mind settling in when there's not much on the go nighttime and often like two three in the morning is when i do my writing or i often record these podcasts um I just find it a very calming, creative, relaxing time for the brain. Feels like a... Of the 24-hour day, I find, you know, those hours from 2, 12, or 
11, 30, 12, midnight to two or three in the morning. I like to take advantage of those hours. Anybody with anxiety? And again, not always. Anxiety has somehow been linked with depression so much that it's like the same thing. But, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Cool here because I do often. I mean, everybody I, I think gets depressed and I'm definitely have some abnormal depression over the years. But when I say anxiety, it's almost nervous energy a lot of the time. Like if I had fucking five Red Bulls, people ask me often, you know, they'll go, oh, well, weed doesn't work for me. Certain weed doesn't work for everybody. But for me, it almost settles me down, right? When I smoke indica, people go, well, it puts me to bed. I know, but you can tell how high strung I am. So that's it. I, I haven't looked into the science of it, but I'm sure with me, it's it's calming me down. And, and I say it helps me concentrate on one thought, but there's always multiple thoughts man i can't control them in my head they're just going uh they're just going all day so for some reason at that time of night or morning uh my brain it's a lot easier for it to relax i guess i don't feel like there's anything happening i'm not missing anything i don't have to check my emails i don't have to check my messages and it's gotten worse over the year with social over the years with social media I mean, social media in many ways is good, but fuck, man. I'm at the point now, I throw down my phone sometimes for four and five hours during the day. I, I just can't handle it. I can't handle it. I fucking hate it. Um, dealing with so many and, you know, just everything. And I'm not even just talking messages. Like a lot of what we all do is online, right? And you want to take a break and live in the real world. What am I fucking saying? A break and live in the real world. But it's true, right? Like look down and, you know, pretty much everything I do revolves around emails or posts or Zoom, right? I'm on this now. I got my computer flipped open. I don't use the fucking video portion of my podcast. I really should. Apparently it works. Every other fucking podcast I know that's successful has a video element to it or at least a YouTube channel. I don't, but I do record on my computer so right now as i say this i am recording it on the video i just don't use it point being i'm still not a, it's not an escape from my computer you know doing this podcast pretty much everything i'm doing requires um you know my phone or my laptop and i'm not saying that to sound unique because I don't think it is. I think most people, especially after the pandemic, everything now, I used to like going in for auditions. I finally got myself to the point that I was like learning to grow because the, the auditions, when I say I go to like an acting audition, I don't go to them anymore. Since the pandemic, that when they became online now, almost all of them are online. Well, they all are. I haven't walked in and done an audition in three years. So, but I used to walk in and the process, although, you know, it, it can really be a hit to your ego, right? It really can be, especially when you go in and you realize you got it all wrong or it happens. I mean, you should be prepared, but often, you know, I'd have a lot of things to do and I go in and go, I think I remember the lines and when you don't or whatever looks bad, but 
And even though sometimes it was so embarrassing, like if I, if I gave you my top 50 embarrassing moments in my life, 15 of them would be in an audition. You just take it and fucking go out and you, you know, like anything, you just got to be mentally tough and go, I, I can do better. I will do better. And just kind of flush it out. Right. Um, but at least you could like learn from it. I mean, I guess I still can, but I, I don't know. Something about me enjoyed the process of going in, sacking up, going to do it, and leaving. Whether it was good or bad, it was like riding a roller coaster. It gave me a bit of a rush. And unlike riding a roller coaster, where I guess the result would be the exact same every time, I could learn from it and say, you know what? Maybe next time I'll go in and I won't touch my face. When I get nervous, I touch my face a lot, right? You got nowhere to put your hands. I, I've... I mean, I'm, I'm I'm an actor, but I'm still learning, and there's always things to learn. Um, but I've talked to some of the great actors around here, and that's often what I'll ask them about, where to put my hands. I find them, if your hands, while you're acting, don't, they can make you or break you often, and it shouldn't matter, but they do. And I often find if I'm nervous or something, I grab my face a lot. Now, some some roles might call for that. So I, I, I get lucky, but I definitely do it too much. It's like my go-to. It's like a stand-up comedian who curses too much and isn't really that funny, but gets a tiny laugh. It's like my out to touch my hand with. And so that's, I, I like characters that I have to smoke because I can always kind of be moving and I, I can do my thing and I don't have to think about where to put my hands. That sounds crazy. But honestly, it really is. For me, like my arms and my hands like standing around can be telling. Either I look fucking straight up or I'm rolling with the punches or whatever it might be. But that, I find that kind of stuff improves more when I do auditions in real life. Well, first of all, because I ask and I'm like, you know, I think I know what I did there wrong. But and sometimes you might have a great audition, but it's a certain look they're going for. That's why most things I get require having the tooth gone because I'm not a great actor. But, you know, if two people are the same and it's a bunch of gangsters or a crackhead or whatever it is. That is probably helps, you know, the look helps, then I'll get it because, you know of the missing tooth. Really, am I going to go in and pull a Robert De Niro and taxi driver or some shit and like steal their, well, it's never happened. But uh, anyway, the, even the process, my point again, rambling, is that even the process of the auditions, which was so, that that, that was to me the definition of, of, you know, a, a public one-on-one, -on -one, like I'm auditioning for you right in front of your face, right? And it would lead to a conversation. I'm going to have a coffee on the way in with the receptionist. It was just something that I had to do, uh, like like public speaking, right? Joke to do it online. That's basically just an interview online. Now do it out in front of a few hundred people. And that's where the, you know, I think you improve on your people skills. You don't do it on a Zoom meeting. Well, that's what I mean from acting, right? The people I'm auditioning for are casting agents and casting directors 
So their feedback is usually very beneficial. Like anything, am I going to try out for a hockey team online? I guess some people did for a couple of years. It's just better in person. But, you know, a lot of these things, even some of these appearances that I, that I do, you know, a lot are online now. Hi, kids. This is Terry from Newfoundland. Here we are in Ajax, Ontario, where, you know, and that, that's happened. And I find that all fucking depressing was one thing, but I, my eyes and my head fucking hurt. And I find I get outside and I see the sun and I almost feel bad about what the fuck have I been doing the last five hours. Um, and, and the nervous energy slash anxiety often... Yeah, you don't mind. It often gets out of control, right? So there's ways to to deal with that. And lately, it's just been for me. Take my phone, fire it over in the corner, go for a walk. Went fishing the other day. That was nice. My first time in 2022. It's embarrassing. I enjoy fishing once in a while. I'm not great at it. I'm fucking suck at it, really. I just go online and where am I going to fish? What What should I do? What should I Tie on the end of the line that might get me a fish. Go there, talk to the locals. Um, usually in Newfoundland, there's enough. Uh, honestly, that's how I go about it in Newfoundland. I, I, there, there's enough, like these little convenience stores that have locals that supply them with flies or bait or whatever, and I'll just wait or get their number and talk to them and see wherever I'm going. But I, I don't know much about fish, and I only got into it. I taught myself online just a few years ago. Growing up, I would go, when I say I went fishing growing up, very basic shit, very basic. Never fly fishing. So I went online a few years ago and bought a fly rod with no hook and just taught myself, whipped myself in the back of the head a dozen or more times, but kind of got used to it. I'm still not good. There's still a chance that I, I like, Last year, midsummer, I hooked the back of my ear fly fishing. But anyway, I enjoy it. If you don't hook the back of your ear, it can be a little bit of fun. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Do you think that Shesterkin's the favorite to win the Vesna? I don't know. I like the plus 500 on Andre Vasilevsky. There's also a Battle of Alberta coming up next weekend. How many points does Connor McDavid end up with? Who gets the win? What's the final score? These are all things you can bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay. This one, this, I'm going to read a couple questions. This one comes from Donnie. Donnie is writing this from Manitoba, and he just merely wants to know what I did to relax before games. Thanks, Don, for listening. Um, 
Oh, God, what did I do? I went there real early, first of all, if it was uh, even in senior hockey, which I'm probably done this year now, but if I get a game and I can be there, right from junior, I'll, I'll go there at 2, often 1, 2 in the afternoon. I love being first, and I love being first by a few hours. Much like I told you about my time at night, or you know, between 12 and 2 or 3 in the morning, how my mind starts relaxing and I don't feel that there's uh what's the word yeah I don't, I don't have as much anxiety or nervous energy right there's 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 that it's almost like a mental vacation at that hour I used to find that going to the rink at, at one or two like ultra early if I would get there even like first but five minutes before everybody else five o'clock say for a 7 30 game it was okay, but I felt a bit of a panic. I like to get in there one or two, get to my stall. Okay, what do I have to do? And back then it was schoolwork. Um, last year might have been, I don't know, uh, doing some research for a podcast or whatever it might be. Um, and I just, I, I get it done. I, For some reason, I'm there early. I feel okay. No one's going to be here for two or three hours, and then they'll start showing up, and it's still early. When the ne next person gets here, it's still going to be really early. In senior hockey last year, it would be Robert Ender, and junior would be Mark Hurley. But those guys that like getting there, quote-unquote, early, which would be like 4.45, 5 o'clock, and I would have already been there for two or three hours. I know they were no less prepared than I was. It just, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. Now, it's it's all mental uh what is the word like a like an illusion almost because of course if i got there at five of course i could have been ready right of course i could have been it just when you get used to something i guess and i found i just found how not to trigger my brain into that anxiety mode and I found over the years things that would kind of help me with that. I've often said it. That's why I write so much. That's why I, you know, these cameos and things that I'm doing are good because I'm going to write anyway. And it gives me a, a, a way to release that outlet. You know, uh, it really is therapeutic. Um, I'm not just kidding when I say that. Why would I kid? I'm, I'm not just exaggerating or I'm not trying to preach something that I don't practice, right? Uh, it often, oh, just one sec. Sorry about that. There was a fire engine going by and uh, it was annoying. Um, it often, for me, that outlet, sorry, was uh, writing, but, you know, it can be whatever, just whatever turns your crank. You know, art, I don't know, drawing, reading, I don't know, watching movies, um, writing songs, learning an instrument, playing. Any real game, I suppose you play in solitaire, but you're not really accomplishing much. Doing a puzzle. There, there's a good one. Doing a puzzle, for me, it really takes my mind off. And there's, it's just great me time, you know? And I, 
I'd forgotten that years ago. I went and got Penny Lane for for a stage. She, you know, she's a kid. You get these little eight piece puzzles, and then you know you get the sixteen, and then you get the thirty two. And after a while, you're getting these thousand plus piece puzzles, and we would spend some time. And I remember thinking, you know, it's great because it's just it. At the end, I'm just going to crumple it all together and put it back in the box and do it again in ten years. I mean, what's the point, really, right? But there is a point. It parks my mind in in the in the uh, the relaxing, laid back, less stress parking spot, if only for a little bit. And uh, I enjoy that. So anyway, Jesus, what would I do? I would read. A lot of people would listen to music. Some would be uh, want to totally silent. Silent. Um, some players want constant feedback. Right. I mean, you asked me what I would do to relax. You know, that was part of it. Go to the rink early, but you know, in between periods and stuff, I honestly would read. I would always have something there that would take my mind completely off the game. And at first, I got a little bit of shit for that early on. I really did sixteen, seventeen. I remember Bob Lauks coming in, who I love, one of my favorite coaches ever. I'm gonna get that fucking magazine. I, I used to have read Rolling Stone, whatever it would be, right? just to take my mind off. And I like that articles. Um, so I'd often clean out a, a Rolling Stone and maybe a Maxim people. I used to get those magazines in junior. Actually, my dad still has a, pres- a, a res- prescription, a uh, subscription to Rolling Stone. So he would send them down and, you know, I'd go, I always had a book or a magazine, at least one if not four or five on the go in the room. And that's what I would do. And I remember saying to Bob, Bob, but it relaxes me. But hey, you're not thinking about the game. I know. Cause I don't fucking want to think about the game. It's two, two right now. I just took a stupid penalty. When we go back out, I got to go to the penalty box and I got to redeem myself, Bob. I know that I just don't want to think about it because I'm going to go crazy. And you want me puking, right? I used to do that. If I got real nervous, I would go puke Chad Kamek. That was his outlet. He used to puke every game. So for fuck's sakes, don't, you know, you got to channel it the right way. I'm not saying everybody does. For him, puking, I remember he used to say it worked. I'm like, fuck, it must be hard on your system, though. But, you know, whatever it would be, I read. Some people do. What help, What turns their crank is coming in, talking about it 24-7, going over it, going over it, going over it. For me, I always needed to be reminded that this is a game. There's real life going on. This is a game. Right? I would have to do that because I would get fired up. I remember like fucking smashing my stick over the crossbar after a goal. Splinters going everywhere, nearly hitting the goalie. Fuck this, fuck that. Why? Why? Jesus, because Frank Bannum scored the shelf on the power play for his 80th goal of the year. He's in the other division. Who cares? Relax, Terry, relax. But that's it. So I would relax. I would get off the ice. Read an article about fucking Motley Crue or Brad Pitt or whatever the fuck it was in People Magazine or Rolling Stone Magazine or read a chapter of Moby Dick. But I take my head out of that game because it's a game. It's a game. It doesn't mean that I don't need to be competitive, but I don't need to be fucking smashing sticks off crossbars. And I know myself. And it's anxiety, and I got to channel this temper the right way, and I need to take a mental break. That's it. That's what I did. Everybody's different. 
Um, and not everybody's right. Not everybody's wrong. Not, imagine that's a second stupid bonehead comment I've made today. Not everybody's right and not everybody's wrong. Jesus Christ. Water's wet. A better way to say that is that I don't really think anybody has it figured out right off the bat. It takes years of experience. And, you know, I didn't, I don't know if you ever solve nervous energy or mental setbacks, if you want to call them that, but you can learn how to channel it the right way. For me, it was just always just a flood of butterflies, nervous butterflies, as if it was the Stanley Cup final every game. Right. So you you better learn to channel it or you'll go out of your fucking mind. Right. I'm sure a lot of people don't say it, but they don't they, they stop playing for that reason. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So. The other thing is that, you know, you're playing if you're playing minor hockey, you know what it feels like. Well, first of all, to try to make the team. But once the team's picked, you know, to be in and you make it to the championship game and you're really nervous and you want to win and you, you know, for the boys or the girls or and you, the organization, wherever you're from, from your hometown, you want to do that. And it's a real nervous energy that you have. When you're playing in major, junior and pro, you got that to win and represent. But you also have it like you want to keep your job, right? Like, so... There's a lot going on from a lot of angles. And to be honest, the just the, the best way at all to deal with it is to pick some great teammates that you you can bounce ideas off of or maybe be honest with, um, you know, and maybe talk a little bit there. When all else failed, I mean, I can say I read whatever, but Moby Dick is certainly not going to really, you know, it, it's going to take my mind off things, but it probably won't help me on my next shift against the best team in the league in December. And, you know, we're on a slump, eight-game slump, on a three-game scoring slump. Sometimes in that situation, it's not enough just to take your mind off you to talk to somebody. So for me, I'll give you an example. In junior, it was guys like, well, Damon Lankow was on my line, but, you know, Mark Hurley and Ryan Marsh, Mike Hurley, Greg Stahl, Jeremy Thompson was on my podcast a few weeks ago. You know, if all else failed, I'd just go over and, and it would, probably wouldn't even be hockey. It'd just be like, hey, Hurls, have you heard the new uh, Brian Adams song? I don't fucking know. Uh, hey, Hurls, where are we going after this? Right. Just to, over there. And he's on my page, too. You know, in other words, we got to go out there and play one more period. We're getting waxed five to one. I feel really nervous and let's just finish this and let's just go out and figure it out afterwards. Right. And that's often, that's just being a teammate. It's just being a teammate. It's just being a teammate, man. And, um, when I talk about, anxiety and, and how to channel it as an athlete and everything I'm often I'm just telling you what worked for me um, and uh, if you see that in a room it's often easy to pick up on and I think that's often what you know good leaders do they can tell in a room when someone might be going through that 
or a mental bit of a mental bit of mental adversity. Um, so yeah, I know that indirectly answers your question, the last part, but it's normal. And uh, that's that's how I would take my mind off things. Hey, TR, why do you listen to before a game to get you pumped up? That comes from Jiminy. Jiminy from Parts Unknown. I hope that's your real name. The only time I've heard Jiminy is Jiminy Cricket. I really hope that's your real name, and we need more Jiminy's out there. Jiminy, uh... Fuck, man, that's all over the place. Doesn't really matter whatever I'm in the mood for. I have a, I have a uh, Spotify playlist called, it, it, if you're ever on there, it's Dressing Room. So that's one that I made, but over the years, me and the boys just add to it. So, and, you know, there's some really odd choices on there, but as a group, you know, something that we're into at one point or another, and I, I used to let the boys just toss on whatever. So that was like a cumulative thing, cumulative thing, over maybe ten years. You can have a look at that if you want, on my uh, Spotify playlists. But generally, wouldn't matter, man. If you want, what's what's been in there the, on there the most over the years? Maybe ACDC. I mean, every song they have is geared towards some kind of a pump up list, and I really like ACDC. Um, you know, a lot of dance stuff. Uh, it, it, I could sit here and ramble on about band after band. If you follow me on uh, this podcast or on Instagram, you probably have an idea what music I like, and that's it. I, and I don't even always play my pump-up stuff, quote-unquote pump-up, is often not what you would consider pump-up. It's not like fucking heavy metal or dance, or it's just like, you know, a, lo a lot of the time I just want to be in a good mood. So I don't know. That might be the Beach Boys, man. Um, all I can tell you is that it wouldn't be full-on slow, but I, I light rock a lot. You know, I like light rock. Before a game, wouldn't be weird for me to blast the Eagles, you know, already gone, something like that. Uh, there's a lot of options out there. I'd say whatever makes you feel good, man. A lot of 80s. 80s make me feel good, pretty, you know, I'm just rambling now. Um, so that changes year to year, what I, what I listen to, whatever I'm in the mood for, bud. Hey, Terry, I heard you're coming to Rapid City. Is this true? From Darren, Rapid City hockey fan. Okay. I am. Rapid City, South Dakota. I will be there November 12th weekend, to be honest with you. And um, I forget the exact agenda. I think they're playing the Idaho Steelheads. I uh, used to play for Idaho in uh, 102, I believe. And um, although I can't confirm that they're playing, you can just check that out. Here, I'll uh, just excuse me one sec. Okay, I'm looking online. It doesn't say yet. But anyway, yes, I'll be there the uh, 12th weekend, Rapid City, South Dakota. 12th of November, that is. And I understand it's about 20 minutes from Mount Rushmore. I'm really looking forward to that. I love going to places that are off the beaten path that I probably wouldn't go anyway, you know. And I got nothing against Rapid City. It's just that every time, unless you're going there for a reason, 
right? Like if if I fell into two free trips tomorrow for myself and my daughter, right? I'd probably say what a lot of other people say with Penny Lane. It'd be let's try Disneyland or pick pick a concert and we'll go to whatever city you'd like to go to. Um, you know, would you like to check out California or, or Europe, right? Or, or Rome, or you want to go see the pyramids. I mean, there's all kinds of places that I would go before Rapid City, but I'd love to see Rapid City, right? There's just so many places. And I love small town USA. Now, Rapid City isn't that small, of course. It was 50 or 70,000 people. Um, but, you know, it's just off the beat path. And I really, and you know, you see some local hockey fans, um, fellow North Americans that you probably never have a chat with otherwise. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, I'll be there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think I'll be dropping a puck at the game. We're going to do a live Q&A. Might do a, a ball hockey thing. There's a few options but i know for sure i'm going to be at the games there's two games that weekend and uh, there's going to be some level of live q a so if you're in the area or you're close to the area and you want to drop over i'm sure we're going to have a good time and uh we'll be talking everything from podcasts to local hockey to shorzy i'm going to bring some books hopefully some some t-shirts as well whatever it might be and uh we'll have a good time I promise. So thank you, Darren, and I'll see you soon. If you want, just follow my Instagram, my uh, stories. I'll post specifics, but if nothing else, man, just come to the game. Uh, I'll probably be hanging out at the bar. Just come on over and say hi and uh, be part of the Q&A. I'd love to. Love talking to hockey fans from all over the world, so it should be good. And finally, Jake wants to know where we film Shorzy and are we going to be filming a season two? So the answer to the first question is Sudbury. Um, yeah, all of it so far has been filmed in Sudbury. Most of the letter, Kenny, I can't speak for all of it, but I think most of it's filmed up that way as well. In and around Sudbury, of course, there are, I think, Capriol, we, you know, which is maybe 20 minutes outside, that whole area. Point is, a lot of people think we do it in Toronto. No, we don't. And um, I got to say, I enjoy it. People treat us great in Sudbury. I'm looking forward to going back now, which when I say going back, it implies there's a season two, okay? I mean, I really don't know. I know that I am I believe the, the, the writers assume that. Um, I, I think I, I hear great things. I know we got some decent reviews and I'm planning my future as in, you know, next year I'm waiting to see if and when we'll be filming because I'm, I'm planning for it. If not, it would be a bit of a disappointment because there's so many Shorzy fans. What I love about it is that it brings people together. Um, and it's not just, I keep saying it. I, when I shot the show, I, I, I thought it would be uh you know, it seemed hockey centric when we were doing it. It seemed while we were filming that you're going to have to really know hockey to know this, but, but 
or, or to get this, but it's not the case. It's got a heart to it more than I thought. I was so proud to be part of it. I've said all that before. I'm rambling now, but look, I can't say yes, but I really think so. And um, yeah, we shoot it in Sudbury and we're treated awesome. Um, one of the teams actually that we play in the in the uh, season one is the team from the Sioux. A lot of those guys are Sudbury Wolves, right? We uh, we were using their arena to, to to shoot the scenes in, so a lot of locals are in that. There's some stunt guys brought in, but a lot of locals, and um, yeah, it was it was really it was a lot of fun to be out there with the Sudbury Wolves. Brought me back to my junior days because you know again we were we were in Sudbury during you know for season one, and it was. The, uh, a big part of that, we were locked down, but we could go to the games. Um, you know, you had to follow all those rules. It was a little bit annoying, but hey, everybody had to do it. And it was a lot of fun. Brought me back, watching some Major Junior. And then anyway, we came out and had a good time with the boys on the ice. So it certainly was cool to be part of. I can't wait for Terry Virtue, guys, in a couple of days. It's going to be a lot of fun. Congrats to my friend Francis Mooney, who was married last week and is the guy that we never thought would grow up, let alone get married. So uh, even though I wasn't invited to the wedding, it's all right. I don't get invited to, invited to many. <clears throat> I'm, I'm used I'm used to it. But uh, congrats, Francis. I mean, it's uh, Francis and I played senior hockey together years ago, but grew up in Mount Pearl. I've known Francis for over 30 years, and I'm glad he took the plunge. And he's a great person, great friend. Bit cynical at times and pessimistic, but uh, and there's not many people that I come on here and, and talk about when they get married. I let that part of life come and go, but I will say it moons waited a long time, but clearly for the right person. And I wish you and Renee all the best. And uh, good luck in your endeavors as a married couple. It's been an honor to know you as a single dude. Now, folks, if you're in town and you want to go out for a beer, why not go to George Street and why not go to the Rob Roy? Go to Trinity Pub, TJ's, Green Sleeves, or the Bull and Barrel. Uh, if you're going to go for a bite to eat, I mean, Merchant Tavern and Blue on Water, why not, right? And, of course, why not stop by Wedgwood Cafe at the end of Elizabeth Avenue. And if you don't want to go in, if you just want to stay at home, if you got an event coming up, they do lots of catering to ask for my buddy, Peter Wedgwood. True hockey, take what's yours. And I will be back in a couple of days with Terry Virtue. Tune in to Got Your Back podcast with Ryan Rashog and Jason Strudwick, of which I'm a regular guest lately. Outside of that, I'll catch you on the rebound. See you in a couple of days. I'm out of here. <laughs>